the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, July the 17th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On July 17, 1821, Spain ceded Florida to the United States. Today in 1862, during the Civil War, Congress approved the Second Confiscation Act, which declared that all slaves taking refuge behind Union lines were to be set free. Today in 1918, Russian Tsar Nicholas II and his family were executed by the Bolsheviks. Today in 1944, during World War II, 320 men, two-thirds of them were African Americans, were killed when a pair of ammunition ships exploded at Port Chicago Naval Magazine in California. Today in 1945, following Nazi Germany's surrender, President Harry Truman, Soviet leader Joseph Stalin, and British Prime Minister Winston Churchill began meeting in Potsdam in the final Allied summit of World War II. Today in 1955, Disneyland had its opening day in Anaheim, California. Ronald Reagan, a close friend of Walt Disney, was there to help welcome the thousands of people who showed up to see this new park, a park for everybody the kids and the parents, a park and an organization that would later in our time be hijacked by the extreme far left, some members of the Disney family, the extreme far left woke extremists. Disneyland as a company is in ruins today. They've lost $42 billion worth of value just since they became these social justice warriors or whatever to try to change the world. They should have stayed with what Walt Disney's vision was. All of us would have been better. Today in 1981, 114 people were killed when a pair of suspended walkways above the lobby, the Kansas City uh, Hyatt Regency Hotel collapsed during a dance. They were, it was, I think it was called a tea dance or something, whatever that is. And uh, they were all these couples were out on this on this uh, walkway, and the walkway was built for people to walk on, but not that many people compressed, dancing and kind of moving with the music and so on. It was not good. 114 people were killed. Today in 2009, former CBS anchorman Walter Cronkite, he died in New York. He was 92 years old. Walter Cronkite was an example of sorts, at least in my mind. He was an extremist, extreme leftist. I didn't know that. I paid attention to him and listened to him. He was often referred to as the most trusted newsman in America, and perhaps he was. <clears throat> but he, it seemed to me back in those days, at least, he read the news and he read it well and and um, he was number one in the market most all of the time in the news market. And um, he kind of put his own personal agenda aside until he retired. 
when he retired, I'm not saying I agree with him at all. I'm just saying he put some value on delivering the news uh, without his opinion. We don't do that anymore. No one does that. His own CBS is immersed in just advocacy for the left. NBC and ABC are worse. But Cronkite seemed to find that ability to deliver the news without delivering his ideas and his agenda for America. I suppose that's why so many Americans trusted him. Anyway, he died today in 2009. He was 92 years old. I want to talk to you a little bit today about the the, the American Library uh, Association has hired a new president and she is a Marxist lesbian with an agenda. Montana immediately withdrew all of their state libraries from this American Library Association. The American Library Association was kind of quietly going about their business, uh, kind of out of sight from people like myself, who reads a lot and looks at a lot of headlines and the first paragraph of a lot of stories to see what they're about. But I didn't realize how activist the American Library Association was until the last year or so. They are extremely activist. It's not just there to serve people who want to get a good book to read and they don't want to buy it or can't afford to buy it or whatever. No, that's not what they're about. They have a very defined agenda. Now they have hired a president, a national president, who reflects that agenda. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that today because every community has a library or two, and you're paying for it in your community. They're taxpayer-funded, as you know. But anyway, Montana immediately withdrew, and hopefully other states will follow the lead of the state of Montana in withdrawing from the American Library Association. By electing a declared Marxist as their president, the ALA has not only turned its back on families and parental rights and American values, it's turned its back on America itself. It's that extreme. I hope other states will follow Montana. The Montana State Library Commission voted to disaffiliate from the American Library Association after the ALA, the American Library Association's new president, identified herself as a Marxist lesbian. I mean, why would that be important enough for her to introduce herself right up front? Because they have an agenda, is the answer. On Tuesday, last Tuesday, the MSLC, the Montana State uh, Library Group, they voted 5-1 to one to separate from the ALA, the American Library Association, in response to comments made by the organization's president, Emily uh, Drabinsky. She was elected last April. She uh, took office this month. Our, our oath of office and resulting duty to the Constitution forbids association with an organization led by a Marxist, the commission stated in a letter sent to the American Library Association. That would be the commission in Montana. Drabinsky responded to the vote of separation on Twitter. She wrote, quote, on Twitter, this is not the Montana or Montanans I know. 
was actually Derbinsky's comments about the election back in April of 2022 that prompted the committee's reaction. That's what got their attention. They they weren't as aware of the activism, perhaps, as they are now, uh, previously as well. I mean, I, I don't think, I, I just never saw the Library Association as being an, a just an out front, in your face activist organization, but they are. Drabinsky posted this on Twitter. She said, I cannot believe that a Marxist lesbian who believes that collective power is possible to build and can wield for a better world is president-elect of the ALA. She said, I'm so excited for what we will do together. Solidarity. And my mom is so proud. I love you, mom. The post was later deleted. People said, what? And they started writing like, what is this all about? Drabinsky said the way to get people to understand why libraries are important is by engaging people in a struggle for the fair share of the social wage. It isn't a matter of better advertising. It's a matter of of sort of stronger connections between libraries and our communities. The communities we serve and the shared struggles that we have, we have all because we are all suffering from the maldistribution of wealth. She's talking about the lack of distribution of wealth or redistribution of wealth, which is the backbone issue for Marxism. Elise uh, Arntzen is the commission superintendent of public instruction in Montana. She defended the decision. She's all in. She does not want to work with the Library Association now of America. She asserted that Marxist ideologies directly oppose our Montana values. Well, I would think so. Mrs. Drabinsky, I know a lot of celebrity types are moving and have been over the last 10, 15, 20 years into Montana. <clears throat> and they've been buying ranches. Ted Turner started you know, there some years ago. A lot of others have followed him now. They've bought big ranches and they play like they're cowboys. They don't have a clue what they're doing for the most part from what I hear. But anyway, they like to play like they're cowboys and they get have their ranches and but they're cha- they're they're changing the culture there not they haven't changed it obviously, but they are changing parts of the cultures what I hear from people in Montana, which is really sad because wherever they go it's like poison it just poisons the culture the the leftists anyway, Miss Drabinsky is a supporter of critical race theory. Montana rejected that as discriminatory and other far-left ideologies. They have no place, Artisan said, in our schools and our libraries. This pretty much reflects the, the feeling of all of them that were involved in making this decision. She put out a statement. She said, Montanans embrace honest and accurate views of history while understanding that our country at times has fallen short of its goals. However, common citizens have rallied together to overcome those shortfalls. She says our parents are our first teachers. They have an absolute right to determine what is best for their children. By electing a declared Marxist as their president, the American Library Association has now not only turned its back on families and parental rights and American values, it has turned its back on America itself. I think the hiring of this, as she describes herself, Marxist lesbian, to head up the American Library Association is merely the next step in a process of steps 
designed to undermine and to undercut the very foundations of this nation. It took me quite a while, to be very honest with you, it took me quite a while to get to the point that I really, I believed that there were people in America in leadership roles that honestly wanted to destroy this nation as it has been. Barack Obama was a clear example of that. He came riding into office on a white horse or whatever, and the first thing he started to talking about, in fact, he had mentioned it during his campaign, but he really emphasized it once he got hold of the key to the Oval Office. He said, we're going to remake America. Not we're going to make it great again, not that we're going to make America great or, or some form of that. Oh, no, he wasn't talking about that. He didn't believe that America was ever great. He couldn't even bring himself, if you'll recall, and this isn't a, a, an attack on Barack Obama, he's just a good example. He was the guy that couldn't bring himself as president of the United States to say that he thought America was exceptional. If you'll recall, and if you don't, I'll remind, remember when he was uh, had been in office for a while and people started noticing that the president wouldn't even mention that he thought America was exceptional. Not perfect, as this woman stated. She said, you know, America, we've had our, uh, you know, our problems and, and we've fallen short of our goals and so on. But she said, you know, America is America. Well, Barack Obama had a very opposing view to that. And his opposing view was that America needs to be remade. And he used that word again and again and again. He was always talking about remaking America. When he got comfortable in office, and it didn't take him too long, he loved it, uh, he would go around and, and speak and so on, and he would always say, we're making progress on toward remaking America. We're making progress. We're making progress. On the 100th day in office, he went back to a town, I can't remember the name of it, I think it was in Missouri, if I'm not mistaken, or Missouri, as some say. Um, he went back there anyway, was where he held his last campaign before the election. And on his hundredth day in office, he went back to that same town. And as I said, I think it was in Missouri. And he told them, he said, I'm here to tell you we're making hundred days in office. I'm here to tell you we're making progress on remaking America. That's a quote. You can look it up. That's what these people are all about. They're not at all interested in preserving the, the rich heritage of America, the, the Christian, the moral aspect of America that made America, allowed America to become what it is today. They don't want that. They claim to be Christian, of course, Barack Obama and Michelle and, you know, oh, we're Christian and Joe Biden and all, we're Christian. But there's no trace of Christian morality or Christian values in their personality. They don't they have no sense. None of their policies reflect any Christian beliefs. It's just Christian in name only. It's nothing more than that, as far as I can see. I'm not judging them. God judges them, but boy, I can sure see the result, the fruit of their lives, and so can you. So that's what's going on. And now here we are, the American Library Association. Well, who cares about the American Library Association? Well, a lot of people check out a lot of books there. And these people are deciding not only which books are allowed and not, deciding how to advance their agenda. It's not about giving Junior, you know, see Dick run and see Jane run or whatever. That was my first grade reader. 
I can't remember it, but I kind of like the dog. Was it Spot? I think so. But they're not interested in that kind of thing, like teaching people to read and providing good books. Oh, no, they're, they're all about pushing an agenda, an agenda that includes this Project 1619. That hasn't gone away. It's, the news has gotten tired of talking about it and, and supporting it. But it's still out there, and they're still pushing it in schools and certainly in libraries now. The LGBTQIA2+, I mean, they just keep adding letters and signs and, and all of these kinds of things and icons to this thing. I'm about ready to stop using that whole deal, but I don't know how else to identify them, really. Because we have to talk about the, uh, the movement in America. We've got to talk about it because it is, in some ways, demonic. It is destroying America. Almost everything that has followed from the woke mass hysteria that gripped our nation back in 2020 has proved disastrous. Everything. Wokeism destroys meritocracy in favor of forced equality. They call it equity. It's history's prescription for a civilization to in decline and a civilization to fail. If you want to fail, you would embrace the kinds of woke doctrine that we're embracing here in America today. If we continue with this woke hiring of administrators and air traffic controllers and ground crews and pilots and teachers and librarians and you name it, America can't survive that. Our founding fathers were very clear when they spoke to us and when they wrote their documents, when they created this beautiful nation. They were very clear about that. Wokeness demands suppression, a free expression. No wonder a woke FBI recently hired a, hired a social media censors to s- suppress stories that they, the FBI agents, not everybody, there's wonderful people, I'm told, in the FBI. I don't think I know any FBI agents. I might, but if I know them, I don't know that they're that. There are some undercover agencies, agents that I have known and known about in the past, but I, I, there's wonderful people in the agency, but the cop is corrupt to the core. I mean, we have to be honest about it. It's out there. And wokeness has taken grip of every institution we have. It doesn't matter whether they're flying a plane or trying to solve crime mysteries. This system that is being put upon America by people like our president, like the like Obama's for sure, like now the librarians, like professors, like school teachers in elementary, even kindergarten. Oh, there's good ones and all of, all of that. Some of my family members, I've mentioned this before, are inst- teachers, instructors, professor in secular schools and universities. But they're not that, and they know others that are not that. They're sold-out Christians. But the majority of people in leadership now in our institutions have a mind for the extreme leftists, and we're seeing that even in the church today. The Soviet-style wokeism, these mandates, these strict ideological party-line narratives under the cover of science, 
and education and on and on freedom and all of this kind of thing. It's destroying the very foundations of our nation and it's, it's destroying in particular our children as they're exposed to that infectious kind of thinking. No wonder a woke government lied that requiring vaccines would permit both infection and infectionness during the COVID thing. As it turned out, Dr. Fauci lied. He didn't tell the truth. He knew the truth. There were some um, emails that were uncovered just the other day, like within the last week. And there were emails with Dr. Fauci talking to other a lab scientist in Wuhan saying, boy, it looks like this is from this lab and we're going to have to deal with this and how are we going to present this and so on and so forth. They knew they knew that right from the get-go. They knew that that thing wasn't from some meat market across the street or up the street or whatever. whatever. They knew what it was, but they just lied to the American people and to the world. That's the kind of a culture that this wokeism, this leftism, creates. And now the libraries have been handed off to a Marxist who happens to be a lesbian as well. America's libraries are already supporting leftist agendas like 1619 and the gay movement and these drag performances. I can't, every time I see that on the news, and it's been incessantly on the news for the last month through June, and now into July, I thought we were done with that on June 30. Oh, no. Here we are on the 17th of July, and I'm seeing in the news still gay pride parades and meetings and celebrations. and It is weird. But anyone who speaks against it or takes a stand against that is deemed immediately a hateful person, like me, I would be hateful, that the people that would accuse me of being hateful would not know the kinds of people as a youth pastor and as a pastor I've dealt with and I've seen the results of that lifestyle. It is destructive to the core. It ultimately destroys people because God did not create us to live that kind of a lifestyle. God can deliver us from that. And they make the case that God affirms that. God doesn't affirm that. He loves them, and he loves everyone, and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how deep into sin you are. God's grace is sufficient. But we must accept him. But when we accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and ask him to forgive us of our sins, He forgives us of our sins if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. We're saved. But that doesn't mean God affirms us so we go right on being a gay activist, practicing something that God condemns. And it isn't just homosexuality. It's all sin. God seeks to live. Do we sin? Of course we do. I mean, you guys do. I don't. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm smiling. We all have sinned. We all do sin. But God forgives us of our sins, but he doesn't affirm the sin. God is in the process of delivering us as we live our lives and become more and more conformed to to the Spirit of God and to the Word of God. 
These people do the opposite, and many times under the banner of so-called Christianity. Now we have the libraries, and they have their agenda, and they have a leader that seems up to it. Earlier this year, I talked about it on this program. Actor, author, strong Christian, very strong Christian, outspoken, Kirk Cameron. Remember him and, and his, you may remember the program. I talked about this, I think it was, I don't know, a while ago. But um, his publisher contacted the American Library Association back then to schedule these one-hour book reading events in libraries across the country. And, you know, like the advocates of 1619 history, these transgender men are always, I mean, they're just hanging out in these libraries and they're performing their so-called drag show or whatever they call it in front of these little five-year-old kids. I mean, that's barbaric. It's sick. But they're doing it. They're celebrating it. Uninformed, stupid mothers are sitting in there with their little children, five years old. I've seen the pictures. I've seen the videos. It, it breaks my heart. But they're sitting in there with their kids with a big smile, and they're they're clapping, and this is woke. I mean, that's where we are today. Now they have a leader that can take them to the next level, the libraries. Kurt Cameron, they wouldn't even accept him. He's well-known, very popular, well-liked, until he started talking about his deep commitment to Jesus Christ and started doing things that advanced that ideology and Christianity in general. But they wouldn't even have him until the, his publisher began to put pressure on the libraries. They wouldn't give him the same recognition and a, an ability to come and have a reading as they were giving these perverted men fooling around with these kids, calling it drag. But finally, they, when they told them they were going to sue them, then a couple of libraries had him. Well, now <laughs> he now he is, has set up a, a – um, it's a nationwide – it's coming up August the 5th. It's a nationwide uh, – book reading he's taking it to the whole nation and there'll be more about that in the news i'm not sure exactly how they're going to deliver that but he was talking to fox news he said well i'm trying to encourage thousands of americans to visit public libraries and read wholesome books to their children the taxpayer funded american library association is not only criticizing me they're teaching libraries to break the law and how to conspire to prevent thousands of families from visiting their own community reading rooms they're working against him in a very deliberate way, trying to stop his message because they're Christian children's books. And yet they're celebrating these perverted old men that are performing in front of these little children. In this context, it's not surprising that the American Library Association has made this crazy, crazy decision. They have. But the libraries are underwritten by decent, God-fearing, hard-working, normal American taxpayers. Our country is deeply divided as a nation, much like we were when Abraham Lincoln was elected president. We need, we need God's help. We stand today at a similar moral threshold. Human sexuality, corruption, human behaviors, sanctity of life, all of these issues are under attack. Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. God is calling us to take a stand. 
your support allows me to take a stand and do what God has, I believe, spoken to me and called me to do. Thank you so much for your support. We'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.